0: What is Christian hospitality? How do we serve wholeheartedly without getting burned out? What makes hospitality so difficult yet so essential? Hi, I'm Dennis Metzler and welcome to The Charge. Let's take a deeper look into hospitality, especially as it relates to limitations. One of the most essential books on living in community is Called to Community, The Life Jesus Wants for His People, edited by Charles E. Moore. It is an anthology which includes a chapter called Hospitality, which is excerpted from Christine Pohl's book, Making Room, Recovering Hospitality as a Christian Tradition. Hospitality is all about opening ourselves up to others through the giving of our time, our resources, and especially our hearts. It is a physical act, but also profoundly social and spiritual. We are called to show hospitality to our spiritual community members and guests of the community. But, poll focuses particularly on those people who are dependent on the human, material, and financial resources of the community. Paul calls us to show generosity through real-life action to the most physically needy around us, but always in light of our own limitations. Her emphasis regarding hospitality is not on the individual's need for human companionship or relationship with God or for emotional health, but on the meeting of their immediate basic life needs. Still, we need to envision a more holistic approach that ultimately steers people towards the gospel, faith in Christ, and membership in the people of God. Certainly, many people needing help want nothing beyond a bed and a meal. Yet, there are those who long for human fellowship and divine connection attention to immediate needs is essential but without attending to the human soul's deepest hunger there is little hope for real transformation here the practice of the fullness of the spiritual gifts particularly healing is essential to show forth the fullness of christ's love and power paul tells the story of a congregation she was part of they poured large amounts of time energy and money into helping the poor in their neighborhood. But after two years, the church could not stand up under the strain. Indeed, it was a powerful time of God's work among them, but they were not prepared to do such intense ministry for the long haul. Given their very real limitations, the church's zeal and commitment could only last so long at such an extreme pace. Stories similar to this have been told over and over again, where the idealistic desire to do good smacked face first into the wall of physical, emotional, and spiritual burnout. Pohl's solution for dealing with human limitations in light of the overwhelming need for service to the marginalized is setting boundaries. Pohl writes, boundaries can be literal doors and walls, but they can also be rules policies or mission statements they are shaped in relation to space resources relationships roles commitments and identity end quote each community needs to have a clearly established identity and a clear understanding of their mission each community needs to understand not only the gifts and abilities of their members, but also be able to realistically assess the strength of relationships within the community and the degree to which people are committed. Here, community especially refers to a church or congregation, but could also be an intentional community where members belong to different congregations. To a lesser degree, it can apply to some ministries and nonprofits. Regarding boundaries, in order to open doors for some, doors for others will have to be shut. The community must decide who they will relate to and how. Of course, this must be in partnership with the Holy Spirit, who has a way of turning the most determined human plans on their heads. Each community needs to discern the particular ways in which people can visit, receive services, or actually become a member of the community. Hospitality is shown not only to the needy, but also to attract those more stable and gifted individuals who consistently strengthen the community with their time, finances, and integrity. The poor need to know that the community is not just a place they can receive services, but ultimately a place where they can find home and family. According to Pohl, generosity and grace are the foundation of a hospitality. Yet, setting boundaries can easily appear to be positioned squarely against the very purpose of hospitality. What's more, we often structure our lives, consciously and unconsciously, so as to put strangers, especially the most vulnerable, at a distance. But human hospitality is ultimately an expression or overflow of God's hospitality, and the lack of it can be disastrous, causing some to doubt the goodness, power, and provision of God. The abundance of God's household is so extensive that it can seem quite miserly and stingy to not offer so much more. Of course, so many Christians do have the ability to live far more frugally that they may give far more extravagantly. Though the scholarly debate remains unresolved over exactly who are the least of these in Matthew 25, Jesus clearly associates himself with at least some of the poor, the hungry, the sick, the stranger, and the prisoner, a wide array of those who have been marginalized. Therefore, we can't relate to Jesus apart from those in need, and we can't relate to those in need apart from Jesus. Paul writes of the moral horror of turning people away and denying them services, leaving them without food, or out in the cold. She claims that it is rarely morally sufficient to say there was not enough room. Not enough room is seldom meant to be taken literally except perhaps in airplanes and lifeboats. In our culture, not enough room means that as a general rule, what is offered isn't just measured by current physical capacities, but takes many other factors into consideration. It may not ultimately be about how much room, or how much food, or how much money a church or community has, but how they have decided to make it available. The homeless person may no doubt have a very different perspective regarding whether there is enough room or not in the shelter compared to the staff running the shelter. However, if the community is going to be providing truly helpful services in a sustainable fashion for the long run, it will often mean drawing the boundary lines in places that the zealous and idealistic and homeless might consider morally insufficient and the line will be drawn differently if it is 25 degrees out or if there is a catastrophic disaster. It is up to the community to determine appropriate levels of generosity and service, allowing for workers with huge capacities to serve more while creating a place for those who have little time or energy to offer. The obvious is being stated here throughout this talk Everybody knows that communities and individuals are limited in what they can offer. This is quite obvious from a safe distance, but if you're a square in the middle of it, you may have a very skewed perspective. If your identity is grounded in helping people rather than in being a child of God, this will be especially difficult to discern. Both the pull to do too much and the pull to take the easy way out are not only very strong, but insidiously deceitful. This issue will always take mature discernment which is bathed in prayer and guided by the Spirit of Jesus. Still, Paul calls us to continually reconsider the boundaries we set in light of the plight of the poor. Are we drawing boundaries tightly so we can make life easy for ourselves? Are we ministering to the homeless to make ourselves look good? We must remember that we ourselves are totally dependent on God's generosity as strangers and aliens in this world. We might not be as far away from experiencing the ravages of poverty as we would like to assume. Since our strength comes from God, Each individual in the community needs to understand that there is little to give to outsiders if the community hasn't found the rich life and sustenance of the spirit for itself. For some strong missionally minded leaders, it is easy to put all the focus on those outside of the community, those who need the most help. Still, we must always keep in mind that community members, staff, and volunteers cannot be assumed to be as spiritually, psychologically, and physically sound as we would hope. Many of us still need a great deal of care. Yet, it is God that ultimately cares for us as we open ourselves to Him through the practices of prayer, study, devotion, and worship always expecting the Holy Spirit to act in providential and miraculous ways. Paul relates her own personal experience staying in the guest room at a community of hospitality. She struggled to cope with the reality of the dozens of people out in the wet, cold night just outside her window, while she was warm and dry in a room with plenty of space still left. This question also haunted her in regard to her own spacious home, which she did not open to homeless people. She keeps coming back to this core question. How do we morally, psychologically, and spiritually accept the reality of our own limitations, whether they be defined by us or imposed on us, given our plenty and the profound lack of the poor? This may be something we never come to peace with. After all, perhaps our lack of peace is necessary to keep us giving sacrificially. Indeed, some saints throughout history have divested themselves, becoming no richer than the poor they are serving. Are we to come to peace with the misery of others? On the other hand, should we give up so much of our time and resources for the sake of the marginalized, even though our family may greatly resent us for it? Paul says that practitioners of hospitality live between the vision of God's kingdom in which there is enough, even abundance, and the hard realities of human life in which doors are closed and locked. End quote. Part of the problem is that so many of us live lives insulated from the needs of the poor and marginalized. Our normal routines do not bring us in contact with them, so we are less likely to feel their pain and therefore less likely to take action. God will use us to show hospitality to the stranger and the poor, but it takes great courage on our part. Courage means taking risks and living close to our limits, continually pressing against the possible, yet always aware of the incompleteness and the inadequacy of our own responses. On the one hand, it is easy to fall into the trap of continually going all out and then simply burn out and quit. On the other hand, it is easy to play very safe and make sure we never experience our own tiredness in ministry to the poor. But Paul rightly challenges us to push ourselves hard, never assuming this is all I can do. We consider it normal to stay up very late to hang out with friends. We consider it normal to pull an all-nighter to study for finals. We consider it normal to put in large amounts of overtime at work. We will push ourselves to the point of exhaustion for all sorts of things that are really important to us. But what will we do for the sake of the poor and marginalized? However, it is ultimately the work of the Holy Spirit that really counts. We should never have so much confidence in ourselves that we think that our activity is sufficient to completely take care of those in need. It is God who supplies, and it is God who delivers, and it is God who transforms. But, if we want to see God move, we must live so close to the edge of sufficient resources that we increase our dependence on and our awareness of God's interventions and provision. This is where it gets exciting. Since we are so easily directed by the need to prove ourselves, or to save others, or to please others, or to vanquish our guilt and shame, it is essential that we are grounded in Christ and his people in order to discern our way regarding showing hospitality to the least of these. What we do and how much time we spend doing it given all our other responsibilities, can be discerned with wise friends, pastors, spiritual directors, and small groups. But what or who determines our limits after all? Do we tell God what our limits are, or do we trust Him to lead and empower us in taking on what He tells us to take on? Do we trust God to know and consider our limits, weaknesses, frailties, and other obligations, Do we trust God to make his guidance clear to us in this matter? If we really want to see God break through in significant ways, we need to be willing to both put in the hard work and deeply enter into his rest. Paul asks us two final tough questions to make sure that we are considering the core issues of hospitality from both sides. Are we turning Jesus away? And are we taking care of ourselves? Jesus identifies himself with the poor and rejected but at the same time he wants his people to be rested up and ready for service for the long haul. Recognizing limits and setting boundaries is not just to protect the needs of those who offer welcome but also protects the poor in order to make sure what is offered doesn't turn out to be diluted, inadequate, and impersonal. Ultimately. It is the Holy Spirit who tells us, now is the time to work, now's the time to rest. And that rest is truly a guiltless rest, no matter how many still suffer around us. That kind of rest can only be born out of a deep trust in God and an attentive listening to His voice. It is hard to live for the long run because we are conditioned to emphasize immediate results. But Paul is moving us toward the mentality of the voyage, not the afternoon outing. Paul sums up her argument with a quote from the Labrie Fellowship's Edith Schaefer. Because there are more people than we have time or strength to see personally and care for, it is imperative to remember that it is not sinful to be finite and limited. End quote. There are those in the community whose life situation offers very little time and energy to devote to caring for those on the margins. Yet, There are also those who can live all out in rigorous asceticism, radical obedience, and total sacrifice for the sake of the gospel on behalf of the needy. Jesus came fasting and feasting. Jesus spent endless hours taking care of the poor and hungry. Yet, Jesus defended the sinful woman's act of luxurious extravagance against Judas's protest that the poor be cared for. Yes, reach out and show hospitality to the needy with all your heart. And yes, live deeply in the spirit of Sabbath to renew all your strength. God will show us what to do and when, as long as we make ourselves available to him and to others. I'm Dennis Metzler, and you've been listening to The Charge. We've got a lot more podcasts, so please check them out. Peace to everyone.